Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Well, we, uh, we want to continue with the message or series of messages that we've been sharing for some few weeks. Now, our feeding 527 has been over, but um, I feel this message is so important that um, there are some things that I really feel that the Lord wants us to hear. Amen. Amen. And so, we want to continue with a message, many are called. Many are called. Many are called. Now, many, many Christians have been called to do the work of God. Amen. Many are called to do the work of God. Now, the reason why the Bible says, but few are chosen, is because not many people who are called have responded to the call. Hallelujah. Not many people who have been invited responded to the call. Now, if you are invited and you do not respond, it does not mean that you are not called. You were called, but you did not respond. Hallelujah. Now, I believe that there are so many calls that we will miss that will not matter. You will miss certain calls, and it will not matter to you. If you came home and, or you, you pick up your phone and you saw that I called you last night and you missed a call, it will not trouble you too much. You, oh, Reverend was trying to call me. He didn't know that I was going to come to church. That would be your assumption that I was trying to call you to come to church today. As I sent some messages to some people and they did not respond. Amen. But there are certain calls that you do not want to miss. Amen. If you came home one day and you played your, your voicemail, do we still have those things at home? Some people still have it. Or even your phone at the end of the service. Say the service was extended a little bit. And five minutes to the end of the service, you realize you missed a phone call. And that phone call was from President Obama. I think some of you will even be angry with me. That I extended the service five more minutes and you missed a call from the White House. You see, so the almighty God's call, if there is a call on your life from the almighty God, if you will miss anyone's call, then this is not a type of call you want to miss. If God is calling you, you want to make sure that you are hearing him. Hallelujah. That is why I feel this message is very important. We don't want to miss the call of God upon our lives. And so, we've been sharing about the characteristics of called people in chapter 4 of the book, Many Are Called. We've been talking about the characteristics of called people. The kind of people that God calls, what are their character? What are their nature? What kind of people does God call? What kind of people will God use for his work? And this is what we've been studying. This is what we've been studying. And I think that for some time now, we have been sharing so many things from this particular subject. How many of you feel they have been blessed from this particular message? I have been blessed as I'm sharing from this message. So we said so many things to even let you see that there is nothing about you that will prevent or make God not call you. Do you see? 
And that is why I think this message is important. You realize that whatever person, whatever kind of person you are, whatever is your nature, whatever is in you that makes you feel that you are not a kind that God will call or God will use, there is an example in the Bible just like you to make you overcome that excuse. Amen. Amen. To make you feel that, oh, God can also call me to do something for him. Hallelujah. And so the first type of people that we talk about, the first type of people that God calls, that we mention, is not in order, but we are listing the characteristics of people that God calls to use for his kingdom. We said, number one, God calls failures. God calls failures. People who have failed in their work, people who have failed in their marriages, people who have failed in career, people who have failed in school, God calls such people. Hallelujah. If you have failed at anything before, for which it has brought you so low that you don't even want to do anything, you are the type of person that God wants to use. Amen. The second group of people, we said, God calls unworthy people. People who are not worthy. People who don't feel that they are among the chosen. When even amongst your family, when they are talking about big issues, when they are talking about important issues, you are not worthy enough to be invited to such conversation. But you are the kind of person that God wants to use. You are the kind of person that God will call. Hallelujah. And we talked so much about that. We also talked about God calls people who have been rejected. If you have been rejected in anything before, if you have been rejected in relationship, you have been rejected in, at a job, you were rejected, you went for an interview, and they rejected you. You know, to be rejected is a very, very sad thing. Do you see? For instance, you are in a relationship and your husband leaves you for another woman, it is a very painful thing. Or your beloved leaves you for another woman, it is also very, very painful. Hallelujah. So, you feel rejected. You feel there's something wrong with you. You feel that there is something that has made this happen. But sometimes, it's not you. Sometimes, God allows you to go through this type of rejection so that he can call you. Hallelujah. God allows you, and sometimes, you see, you go through the rejection, and God gives you a message concerning rejection. Now, such a person, when you stand before the congregation of God to talk about rejection, oh my, you feel the anointing. You see the anointing. When somebody, you sit somebody down to counsel that person concerning rejection, you see how the anointing comes. And sometimes that is why God allows us to go through some of these things. Hallelujah. That is why God allows us to go through some of these things. It does not mean that you cannot be used by God. Moses felt rejected. Moses felt that he was totally rejected. But he was the very person that God had called. When Moses tried to be a judge, the people rejected him as a judge. But God called him to be a judge over the whole nation. He was just trying to be a judge over two people, and it didn't work. They rejected him. But God wanted him to be a judge over a whole nation. 
Hallelujah. The next group of people, we said God calls people who are not believable. God calls people who are not believable. You think that the people will not believe you. You think that you, they will not believe that you are called. When you feel like that, when you feel like, when I stand before the people of God, they will not think that I am called. Moses felt like that. But God has really called you. And when you feel like that, you are the candidate that God wants to use. When you feel that the people will not believe that you are called, there is nothing about you to show that you are called. You are the type that God will use. Hallelujah. The next thing, God calls people with an inferiority complex. When you have an inferiority complex, God will call you. Hallelujah. There are certain things that are in our lives that makes us feel have an inferiority complex about ourselves. Sometimes it's the way you talk. Moses was a stutterer, so he felt that you know people will not even accept him. You know, you if God has really called you, you cannot be a stutterer. You know why didn't God fix that issue? Do you see why? Why if God is God wants you to come and talk to us, and why didn't He fix it? You come in and standing before the people of God, and one word you can't even bring out. Do you see? So you 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 will feel you will feel you have some inferiority complex, and especially when you have other people who can speak well around you, who also claim to be called, and for them, obviously, you can see that they are called. But you are the type that God will call to use. I say you are the type that God will call to use. Hallelujah. Sometimes you happen to be on a job and you seem to be the odd one. You are the only one of that kind. You are the only one. And even the, 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 the way you speak, when you, come before, when you come before the big people, the way you speak, you, you, you feel that, you know, I better not say anything. You see, when you hear the way the people are talking and the things that they are saying, and you, 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 you say the things, your, your own things, you say them in your head, and then you, you sell yourself, you better just sit down and not say anything. Isn't that so? And so you feel that, you know, you, you, you have this inferiority complex with you and you think you cannot rise. But you are the type, if God wants to bless you, it doesn't matter how you speak. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your education. God will still use you. And if he wants to promote you, he will still promote you. Hallelujah. So do not overlook the call of God upon your life because of inferiority complex or because of some complex that you have about yourself. Amen. 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 The next one that I, did I give you another one? Okay, so number six. God calls people who have failed at earlier attempts in ministry. God calls people who have failed at earlier attempts in ministry. Hallelujah. If you have attempted anything in ministry before and you failed, you are the type that God will call. Hallelujah. Perhaps you have had some disastrous disappointments in ministry. Perhaps you tried ministry. You tried, you wanted to do something in the ministry and it didn't work. It didn't work. And so you feel that you can't go on anymore. You think, and then you brand yourself that God has really not called you. Hallelujah. You feel that God has not called you because it didn't work. 
Now, being called by God has nothing to do with things working or things not working. It does not depend on that. Amen. And whose assessment, whose assessment is it to say that it is working or it's not working? Whose assessment is it? Sometimes, you, I, I remember when I started this church, when I, or when I came to pastor this church, or when I started pastoring this church, you know, there was a group of people that left the church. And I felt so sad. I said, oh, Lord, it is because of me that the people have left the church. And it was so heavy on me. I was before the Lord crying and praying, and I was so broken. Do you see? And I said, it's probably not going to work. But who is to define that when some group of people leave, it is to mean that it is not working? Whose definition is it? Whose assessment is it? That is, you see, the only time you will feel like that, the only time you will come to that conclusion is when you are accepting the report of men. It is the only time that you will say that the thing is not working. But before God, God knows your heart. Before God, he knows what your intents are. He knows that if it was your will, if it was left to you alone, these people will be here. And that desire alone, it is something that God is looking for. I say, if you have tried in ministry before and it didn't work, you are the type that God wants to use. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 5 verse 1. If we can, give me the New Living Translation, please. Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, After this presentation to Israel's leaders, after this presentation, now, you will not understand even what presentation. So, go to Exodus chapter 4, and I believe the last, um, let me see, the last two verses. Exodus chapter 4 and verse, or verse 28. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 28. It says, Moses then told Aaron everything the Lord had commanded him to say. Moses then told Aaron everything the Lord had commanded him to say. And he told him about the miraculous signs the Lord had commanded him to perform. Then Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called all the elders of Israel together. Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses. And Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. Do you see? And then, it says, then the people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. When they heard Aaron and they saw the miracles, they were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. When they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Then the next chapter, verse 1 in chapter 5, it says, after this presentation, Israel's leaders, it says, after this presentation to Israel's leaders, so you realize the presentation, the presentation of Aaron telling them what God has told Moses, and Moses performing the miraculous signs. So the Bible says, after this presentation, 
to the people, the leaders of Israel, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. Do you see? So they presented this thing to the elders. And the elders accepted it. And they realized that God has really called these two people. So Moses and Aaron, they were going in confidence that one, the God of the Hebrews has sent them. And two, they have been able to gain the support of the people. And so they were going with all boldness to go and speak on behalf of the people. Hallelujah. So it says, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. They told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. Is that so? Retorted Pharaoh. When they told them this, Pharaoh said, is that so? Is that what it is? Is it what you are telling me? He says, is that so? And who is the Lord? Look at that. He says, and who is the Lord? And why should I listen to him? And let Israel go. Who is he? Who is he? And why should I listen to him? If you feel sleepy, you should stand up. Okay? If you feel sleepy. Because I'm sharing an important message. And look. Look. When I'm sharing an important message like this. You see, yesterday we came for a prayer meeting all day. I woke up at 3 a.m. So that I could be here for the 5 a.m. meeting. And then when we finish, a lot of you ran quickly to go and eat. And I, I had to stay with my father in the house. Do you understand? Fellowship with him small. And then I went home. And when I went home, I had to stay up to prepare a message to share with you. To prepare a message to share. Do you see my eyes? So if you sleep, I will not be happy with you at all. I want you to be awake. And I'm just giving a warning. If anyone sleeps, I will call your name to stand up. So if you don't want me to call you, stand up yourself and go to the back. Amen. If I tell you how long, how, how many hours I have slept in the last 48 hours, you will not believe it. So you better be awake. You went home and you slept. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm sharing the message from my heart. Don't you see I'm sharing the message from my heart and you are sleeping on me. Kofi, don't you see the message is coming from my heart? Because I can associate with Moses right there. Amen. Look at that. You see, and the same thing you are doing. I have, I have waited on the Lord and I have come and the people are saying, who is the Lord? And they are sleeping. Oh, what are you saying? And they are sleeping on you. It's the same thing you are doing. And I said, listen to what the Lord of the Hebrews is saying. And you are sleeping. We have water here. We will pour on your hair. We will pour on your Colombian hair. You will shake it. It will dry. But we will pour it again. So please, be awake. He says, look at, look at the Moses. You see, Moses has come. I have come full of anointing. I have come full of anointing to come and share with you. Moses comes. 
And then he says, listen, the Lord of the Hebrews says that let my people go to the wilderness so they can serve me. And then he says, is that so? And who is the Lord? And why should I listen to him and let Israel go? It's like, why should I stay awake to hear what you are saying? Instead of going to stay in the back and say, is that the Lord of the Hebrew really talking? Let me rise up and go and stand in the back so that I can hear him properly. See why you are changing my message right now. He says, I don't know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. But Aaron and Moses persisted. He says, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Yeah. <laughs> you are sleeping. Look, I was waiting on the Lord all night. The God of the Hebrews had given me a message to share with you. He said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. You have no idea what we are talking about. You have no idea how long I was up. You have no idea how attentively I was waiting to hear on the Lord. He said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Feely, feely. Do you understand what that means? It means that my eyes to my eyes like that. It says, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. They declared. So let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness so we can offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. If we don't, he will kill us with a plague or with a sword. This is how, I mean, for them, this is how it was. It was a life and death situation. But Pharaoh, it was not important at all. So listen, the next verse, he says, Pharaoh replied, Moses and Aaron, why are you distracting the people from their task? Look at, he's not focusing on any message that the Lord is bringing. He says, Moses and Aaron, why are you distracting the people from their task? Get back to work. Look, there are many of your people in the land and you are stopping them from their work. That same day, Pharaoh sent this order. Look at that. You see, the same day that the Lord had sent them and they had gone to the Hebrew people and they have gained their confidence and they are going in the anointing. That same day, that same day, he said, that same day, Pharaoh sent this order to the Egyptian slave drivers and the Israelite foremen. You see, Moses and Aaron felt anointed that they are going to set the people free. They felt that they are called to lead the people to freedom. But listen, after they met with Pharaoh, the next verse, he says, do not supply. This is what Pharaoh is telling them. Do not supply any more straw for making bricks. Make the people get it themselves. But still require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out, let us go and offer sacrifices to our God. Hallelujah. Now, there is a little revelation right there. You know, sometimes you see one of the things that the enemy will bring upon you to prevent you from doing the work of God is a lot of work, a lot of bills. You have so much bills that you have to work and that prevents you from serving God. Hallelujah. So you see, 
the enemy's way. He's saying that they are too lazy. They have too much time on their hand. That is why they are thinking of God. If we give them more work, if we occupy them, if we make them busy, they will not think about God. So the next verse, he says, load them down with more work. And that is what the enemy will do. He said, load them down with more work. Make them sweat. That will teach them to listen to lies. Wow. Someone that God has called. Someone that God is calling to go and lead his people and deliver them from bondage. This is what the enemy is saying. And this is what is happening to the people. Hallelujah. This is what is happening to the people. So the people, in verse, if you run down to verse 20, it says, and they left Pharaoh's court. They confront. So, so Moses, now, after they have finished with Pharaoh, Pharaoh also sent a message to the Israelite foremen and to the Egyptian leaders who are overseeing their work. And they made the work harder for them. They make the work harder than it was before. And so the four men also went to Pharaoh to say that, listen, this guy who came to talk to you, he's crazy. You know, he has not heard anything from God. Please, don't listen to him. Let us go back to what we were doing. And Pharaoh said, you are lazy. That is why you are all sitting there thinking about God. So go. And that is how it is going to be. And so, the people, these four men, the Bible says, as they left Pharaoh's court, in disappointment, they were begging Pharaoh, but he would not listen. So, as they left Pharaoh's court, they confronted Moses and Aaron, who were waiting outside for them. Now, can you imagine that you call yourself a called pastor? You say that God has called you to lead the people to freedom. And now, look at what is happening to them. So, he says, They left Pharaoh's court. They confronted Moses and Aaron who were waiting outside for them. The four men said to them, May the Lord judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You have put a sword into their hands, an excuse to kill us. Man, an excuse to kill us. In verse 22, it says, Then Moses went back to the Lord. You see, can you imagine, can you imagine if God has called you to ministry and the people that you are pastoring, now their troubles have doubled. Since you came to the church, everyone's car is broken down. You see, you will feel that God has not even called you. Since you came to the divorce here, divorce there, divorce, everyone is getting divorced. You will feel that God has not called you. Since you came to the church, you see the children, they, they used to, everyone, every teenager used to go to college. Now they are not going to, they will be disappointed. They say, you have brought them some curse. So, Moses went back to the Lord. So you also will go back to the Lord. And protested. Why have you brought all this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me? Do you see? It's a failed ministry. Why did you send me? Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people. And you have done nothing to rescue them. Hallelujah. 
And a lot of people have gone through ministry with such disappointment. But God is a God of second chance. I say God is a God of second chance. He likes people who have attempted something and failed before. If you have attempted anything and you failed, you are the type that God wants to use. You try to do something and it didn't work, you are the kind that God will call. I say you are the kind that God will call. You tried an area fellowship and it was not working. And you feel even this small area fellowship was not working. You are the kind that God wants you to. You are the kind that God wants to use you. Rise up and build that area fellowship. Rise up and build it because it will work. You are the kind that God has called. It failed for a reason. To show you that God can call people who attempted something and it did not work before. You try leading a song. And you lift up, you practice at home, you did, and then you came to stand before the church, and it is as if there's a frog in your throat. You don't know if you took the song from the end or from the beginning. You don't know where the song, sometimes even the worst do not even come. Amen. But you are the kind that God wants to use. I say you are the kind that God wants to use. You tried preaching before, and it didn't work. Oh, you are the kind that God wants to use. You are not alone. I say you are not alone. You are the kind that God wants to use. Sometimes you are preparing a message. You will sit down and sit down, sit down. All night, past midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. The Lord is not talking. You are not here. You don't even know what you are going to share with the people. And at that moment, you will feel jittery. You feel, hey, the congregation is going to gather. And to hear you, Lord, what am I going to tell the people? And the people, they are relaxed. They are coming to church, expecting that there will be a pastor here. Lord! You can't sleep. You can't sit. You, can, you don't know what to do. But I've seen that even those times is, are the times that when you come to preach, when you come to minister, you feel that, Lord, this guy, I didn't do much. I didn't do anything. It was a total failure. But you see people come to you and say, Father, I was blessed. Oh, I, it was a powerful message. I was blessed. I felt the Lord talking to me. The Lord was saying something to me personally. I think my life has changed. I have made certain decisions that day. And I believe the Lord allows us to go through all these stages to tell you that he calls people who also have failed. Hallelujah. You failed in a marriage before and you don't want to go in again. You are the type that God is going to give a great marriage. I say you are the type that God wants to give a great marriage. It is a lesson. It is a message that God gave you when you went through that experience. And I believe that since that experience, your life has not been the same anymore. I say, I believe that since that experience, your life has not been the same anymore. When someone is going through marriage, God will put words in your mouth to talk to that person because of your experience. And when you speak, that person better listens because God allowed you to go through a certain experience to give you a message to counsel people. Hallelujah. You can minister with your whole life. Amen. When you go through certain experiences and you fail, I say you are the type that God wants to use. Moses felt that he was a total failure, but he is the very kind that God was going to use. He was a very man. Amen. Amen. Can I have an amen? Amen. 
Yes. You failed in school before. You are now afraid even to touch the books. You don't even want to attend. When they talk about school, hey, you remember from three, from four, from five, flapping totally. You are the type that will do well in school. I say you are the type that will do well in school. I say you are the type. You were not counted amongst the people who were on the top. When you were in from three, from four, from five, lower, you were not the type that got people, when they were talking about people who were on top of the class, you were not included. But I tell you, you are the kind that will do well. Pick it up again and go. I say pick it up again and go. Hallelujah. The next group of people that God calls are people who are not eloquent. People who are not eloquent. People call, God calls people who are not eloquent. Now, an eloquent person is a person who expresses himself well. You are an eloquent speaker. You are an orator, a good one. Hallelujah. You can speak well. Amen. You see, and sometimes we feel that people that God has called, they should be able to speak well. They are, they are eloquent speakers. Amen. Now, this is a common complex that is with a lot of people. A lot of people have this complex that I cannot speak like this person. My voice is not like that person. Now, you see, if you have been to Archbishop Duncan Williams' church and you hear him preaching and you hear him praying, you feel that, ah, as for me, my, my prayers and my preaching and... You know, you will not want to do the work of God. Do you understand? So if you have been around people like that, you will feel that you, God has not called you. Amen. But you are the kind, when you feel like that, that you are not an eloquent speaker, you are the kind that God will use. When you feel that your English is not good, your English, your grammar, you know, you break it here and you pick it up there. It's not, whenever you take it, the thing, you try, but it's not working. I was trying to get a message to come and play to you, but um, you listen to it. I was, I was trying to, but I understood the message as the man was preaching. I understood him very well. Amen. He was preaching powerfully. And people who have degrees, Abomabo A, B, C, uh, O level, B level, C level, Z level, you cannot even do the work of God. But him. He says, Peter, Peter was an illiterate. Illiterate. Do you understand what he says? What can he say? Illiterate. Eh? And he was preaching. He says he was a fisherman. But God called him to be a catcher of men, not a catcher of fish. Don't you understand it? Do you not understand it? Yes. And God will use a person like that to minister to you to see that, ah, even if Peter was illiterate and Jesus still called him to be a catcher of men, then God can also call me who has even gone to school, who has even have a second degree, a second and third degree. God should be able to use me. Hallelujah. You are not an eloquent speaker, but God will use you. I say, God will use you. Amen. Sometimes when you listen to eloquent preachers who have been in the ministry for many years, he says, you wonder if you'll be able to speak like them. And sometimes that turns you off, the ministry. 
When you listen to certain great, wonderful men and women of God, you feel that you, you, you are not close to even being called. But when you feel like that, you are the type that God wants to use. I say you are the type that God wants to use. Amen. Bishop Dark himself, he says that when he was beginning the ministry, can you imagine? He says one of his greatest fear, one of his greatest fear was to stand before people and speak. He felt that God has called him, but his greatest fear was to stand before people and minister. I'm talking about Bishop Dark. He says that on Saturday, on Saturday all day he'll be having a running stomach. Running stomach. He says that constantly, he's, he's, every minute he has to go. Because he's just, his, his, his stomach is just. You see, if you, have, you, have, you suffer from constipation, try preaching. Before, oh, I'm telling you. If you have problems with constipation, you try preaching. Oh, yes. I'll, I, I'll tell you. I have had diarrhea pre-preaching before. Bumbulukins. It's happening. You see, your stomach is turning. Amen. Amen. But you are the type that God wants to use. I say you are the type that God wants to use. God will use you in the ministry. You cannot speak. God will use you in the ministry. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 15. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 15. Look, it says, talk to him. And he said, this is God talking to Moses. What is the previous verse? Verse 14. He said, then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Because Moses was given the excuse that I can't speak well. I'm, I, I'm a stutterer. I don't want to go before the people. I cannot speak well. I cannot even express myself. Then the Lord, he says, talk to him. Talk to Aaron. And put the words in his mouth. I, I, who is I? The Lord, I will be, will be with both of you as you speak. And I will instruct you both in what to do. Can we read this verse in the King James Version? Let me show you. It says, And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth. That is Moses, to put words in Aaron's mouth. And I, I the Lord, I will be with thy mouth. He says, I will be with your mouth. That mouth that you say you cannot speak. You are not eloquent. I will be with thy mouth. It's only you have not taken it up to respond to the call. He says, I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I give you one more? God calls young people. God calls young people. God calls young people. I believe that many, many young people are called to do the work of God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. He says, Then... The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the belly of the womb, I sanctified thee. 
and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Hallelujah. He says, I cannot speak, for I am a child. I am too young. I am young. When I look at these elders and the way they speak, the way they talk, ah, Lord, I am too young. I cannot do such a great thing. And you see, this kind of thinking, this kind of thinking is what makes a lot of young people rule themselves out of the ministry. But God is saying here, he says, he says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Before, he said, before you came out of your mother's womb, I have sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Hallelujah. Because he says that he knows our frame. He knows our frame and he remembers. He remembers that we are just but dust. Hallelujah. He says he knows our frame and he remembers. Always God remembers that we are just but dust. God knows your weaknesses. He knows your ability. He knows your strength. God knows what you can do and what you cannot do. He knows everything about you. He knows how much you can reason and how, much, how, how foolish decisions you can make. He knows all of that, but he has called you. He knows you are young. He knows you are not mature, but he has called you. Amen. Amen. He knows your friend. But listen to this man, Jeremiah. Listen to what he said. He says, ah, Lord God. He says, ah, Lord God. It's like, you cannot be serious. Say, ah, Lord God. <laughs> Can't you see I'm too young? He says, he, says, he says, I ordain thee and sanctify thee. I ordain you and sanctify you to be a prophet unto the nation. Then he says, ah, Lord God. Ah, Lord God. Say, ah, Lord God. Say, I am too young. You can't be serious. Ah, look at people. Look at the people around. Look at old people like this person. And then you start calling names. Amen. And he says, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot choose me. I am too young. But he says, even before you came out of your womb, I had chosen you before. Before you came up or out of your mother's womb. Amen. Amen. There is something about young people that God likes. Hallelujah. Most young people think that they are too young to do anything for God. Most young people, that is why oftentimes you see that even you don't see them on a prayer line. They don't come on a prayer line because they think they are too young. They think they are too young to pray. So you, don't, you see that a lot of young people, they don't come on a prayer line. They think that I'm not of age to come on a prayer line. But even before you were born, you were a prophet. That means that even your position is higher than a lot of the people who are on a prayer line. You ought to pray even more. I say you ought to pray even more. You are ordained. You are a prophet unto the nations. If you are a young person, say I am a prophet. Say I am ordained. Say, I am sanctified. 
I don't know why some people are excluding themselves from it. Like, you are assuming you are old. I don't know what is old. I am saying that I am a sanctified. I am ordained because I am a young person. Age. Amen. God has called you. Young woman, God has called you. Young man, God has called you. And sometimes, you see, we, you only delay the call. You only delay the call with these excuses. As I am too young. I am this, I am too young, and I am that. Recently, our sister Irene in college sent me a photograph and about the, the ministry that they have started. When she got there, they started a ministry. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. I mean, when I was looking, when, when I was looking my, my, my jaw just dropped. And I said, even if he doesn't do anything else for this that the Lord sent her there, it is enough. I said, it is enough. Hallelujah. Young people, God has called you. I said, God has called you. They have given her a name, but that's our secret. I'm not going to share it with you. I I said I was going to share the name, but um, I'll keep it to myself. Amen. Some wild, powerful name. That they have given her. Hallelujah. But when you refuse this call, when you refuse this call, you just prolong it. And you take the Lord around so many paths. And you allow God, you see, because God will bring you back to the call. If God said he has chosen you, all the excuses that Moses was giving, God brought him back to the call. Jeremiah was giving excuses, laughing at the Lord for saying to him, a young person like him, that God has called him. He was laughing. He said, ah, Lord God. But he was the very kind that God was going to use to be a prophet to the nations. Hallelujah. God sometimes will take you through difficult marriage because you are assuming that he has not called you. Just to bring you. Sometimes the difficult marriage is just to bring you to the call. Amen. Sometimes repeatedly you are losing your job. Repeatedly you are losing. It makes you come closer to God to respond to the call. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you are a young person, don't assume that God has not called you. In verse 7, what did the Lord say? God said, do not say I am a child. Do not say that I am a child. Do not say that I am a child. Amen. And don't say you are a child. If you are a young person, you are the type that God likes. I say you are the type that God likes. Luke chapter 1 and verse 14. Let me read a scripture here with you. Luke chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even from his mother's womb. Do you know who the Lord is talking about? Who is the Lord talking about? He's talking about John the Baptist. Hallelujah. He said, and many children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Amen. So if you saw, if you for instance, you saw John walking around. Bat naked. Do you see? You saw John walking around bat naked. You know, those days they have some clothes for diaper. Have you seen that before? Yeah. They have some special clothes 
that they make, they put in the form of diaper. Some of you didn't wear some of these things. And you saw John the Baptist running back and forth like that, running, and then the parents chasing him, and then he'll go here and they're chasing him, or they want to take him a shower, and he doesn't want, and then he's running around like somebody. (laughs) Hallelujah. Or you saw John the Baptist drop from high school. He dropped. He was a high school dropper. You would think that God has not called him. You would assume that, oh, this guy is nothing. You would think that God has not called him. This guy is not going to amount to anything. Isn't that so? Or you saw that he tried business and he failed. He tried this business and he failed. You would think that God has not called him. And he sat in a church. You say, it's because his business is not doing well. Now he has turned to the ministry. Isn't that so? Yeah. But God has actually called him. I say God has actually called him. If you saw John the Baptist, for instance, in a marriage that is a miserable marriage, you would think that if it's really a called, God has really called this person. Why should your marriage be like that? He's praying for other people's marriage. Why can't he pray for his marriage? That is what you would think. But God has actually called him. Hallelujah. He says that he called him and he says that the Holy Ghost, he says he was filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. So when he was born, growing up, crawling, and as a toddler, walking, learning to walk, the Holy Spirit was in him. And you will assume that this guy is not going to amount to much. Amen. I say God is interested in young people. God is interested in young people. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1. He says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. God is interested in you whilst you are still young. Hallelujah. God is interested in you whilst you are still... God wants you to remember him and serve him whilst you are still young. Amen. Whilst you are still single, God wants you to serve him. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? God knows that once you get old, you lose pleasure in life. Once you get old, you lose pleasure in the ministry. He can't get you to do much for him. So God likes the youthful exuberance. God likes that the youth has such energy, high levels of energy. Amen. You find a young man, a young man, he can drive from New York to Ohio just to go and see his girlfriend and then drive back and go to work. Arrive, take a shower and go to work or drive straight to work. And all he did was just go and see his boyfriend, his girlfriend. And he came back. Energy. And God likes that energy about your youth. God likes that you can do the ministry work. You can use that energy to do the ministry work. Like that. Hallelujah. God likes that. Because when you are old, you see, when you are young, you can start a church. You see, Apostle Joel, when he was, he says, now he says when he was younger. So, he used to pastor a church in Manhattan. Right after the service, he drives to Maryland to go and pastor another church and then come back. Amen. So, he says, now I can't do that anymore. But I tell you, that ability 
to drive to Ohio just to see a girlfriend and drive back. God wants to use that to do the work of the ministry. God wants you to redirect that energy into doing his work. Hallelujah. Amen. God likes that. God wants to use that ability. Hallelujah. A young woman, sometimes a young woman, you, you can run away from school. Run away from school and go and be with your boyfriend. And come back. And you don't mind the consequence. You don't mind what will happen. You see, whether you fail or not, whether they will catch you or not, you don't mind. You don't mind even whether your parents will find out or not. You are ready to deal with the consequence. God likes that exuberance. God likes that energy. He wants to direct that into doing his work. He wants to direct that into the ministry. Hallelujah. I say God likes that energy. Amen. God likes that energy. You find these youth, these young people, they can have an all night on the internet. And then they come and sit there and they are sleepy. If I see any young person sleeping in a church, I will smack you. Amen. They can have an all night on the internet. Amen. All night surfing the internet. They have a lot of things open in their computer at the bottom of their computer screen. And then one light goes up and they open it. They look at it, respond. Another one, they are busy going up and down, checking the websites and responding and doing this. God wants to use that ability. That ability to stay up on the internet all night. God wants you to have an all night to pray for his church. God wants you to have an all night. You have the energy. You can stay up. God wants you to use that energy to pray all night so that somebody will be saved. So that one of your classmates, call one of your classmates, mention his name all night and pray for him that he will receive salvation. God likes that energy about you. Hallelujah. I say God likes that energy about you. Oh, who said God doesn't use young people? God likes to use young people. Hallelujah. I say God likes to use young people. God likes your anarchal spirits. Young man, he does not allow anything to go. Young man, you you, you have the ability, you have the ability to wrap a woman. Do you know what is wrap a woman? You have the ability to chase a woman. You go, you go to her and then you give some raps. You go and speak to her and then she says no. Then you leave it alone. And then... You are, not, you, are, you are not in a rush at all. And then you leave. And then you come. And the next day, you come back again. And come and say the same thing and add two more extra things. And then she says, no. And then you go. And then you leave it alone. And then you come. And you say, you know, I don't know what I have found about you. You know, there is just this something that I found about you. It's just that sometimes when I come before you, I don't know how to express it. You know, for you to just understand me. And I know it's because of that that you are not believing the things that I'm telling you. But I believe that one day you will understand. And then he leaves it. And then he goes. Hey, don't write those things. Hey, hey, don't put those in your nose and use mine. Those are my um, personal... You came to church and the reverend was teaching you how to rap.
you can wrap women and then you keep wrapping and you keep you keep persistence persistence and you are going back and you are going back shamelessly shamelessly you are not you are not afraid you are not worried that she will say but you why do what what makes you think that i am your type why do why is what is even in your mind have you lost your mind do, look at me do am i am i the type that you should talk to listen listen this is your assumption and i know that i don't look it now i know that when you look at me now i don't look like your type and i can understand that but i believe i know i know i know I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And then you come with persistence. You come with persistence. Rap, rap, rap. And then you come again. And then next time you say, ah, But you cry. Why are you worrying me like this? Eh? Can you just leave me alone? If you feel I should just leave it alone. I mean, I will leave it. But what troubles me, the thing that is troubling me presently, the thing that troubles me is the way I feel when I sleep about you. It is when, 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 when I lay down to sleep, the things that go through my heart, this is what has made me appear like I'm a fool. I appear like I'm crazy. But uh, anyway... Don't you think with such persistence? Don't you think with such persistence, if I keep persisting, one day she's going to give me her finger? Oh, yes. One day she will. But you see, God wants to channel that persistency, that persistence of you, the ability to persist, the ability never to give up, the ability to be shameless. God wants to direct that youthfulness, that thing about the youth. God wants to direct it into the ministry. Into the ministry. That you come to the person and constantly, listen, Christ loves you. You know, if it was just you alone, do you know, do you know, how old are you? You know, irrespective of your age, do you know that for a 21-year-old woman, you alone here on earth, Christ would have come down to die for you. You know, I'm not sure if I am really expressing this type of this the kind of love that god has for you it's, and then you come with a persistence and then you see you, you, you come with that persistence change your rapping for christ change your rapping instead of saying i'm coming to take you for lunch and you have some other motives other plans for your head have the plans of witnessing to the person at lunch Amen. Let the person see that. Can somebody take you to lunch just for Christ? Instead of every time you take somebody to lunch and your eye is on something else. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? Am I speaking to some young man here? Am I speaking to some young woman? And the last scripture that I want to share with you. You know, there were some young people that I gave an assignment some assignment. By the way, we have our Instagram. It's our church Instagram is, is active and is running powerfully. So for those of you who are not aware, it's running. And I, it just, I just gave this idea to these young people. 
And they are actively on it. They have taken it. It's a ministry. And I believe that if I have given it to a certain group of people, after a certain age, they would have killed it already. As I have tried other things also, and they have killed it. Amen. But they are actively. And if this person is on to do something and you are not doing it, they are hammering you. Hey, where have you been? We are waiting for you. You need to do this. You need to do it. And they are on top. Amen. Amen. Look, they can stay up all night and all day on the internet doing other things. So why not? Why not let them do something for God? Amen. Why not? First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, our last scripture. First Timothy chapter 12, chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believers. Do you see? Young man, young woman, if God has called you to do the work of the ministry, let no man, let no person, no, no, nobody despise thy youth. That because you are young, you don't have a ministry. He says, let no man. This was a letter that Paul, a senior minister, wrote to Timothy, his son, who was a young man in the ministry. He says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Do you see? He says, look, do not let people despise your youth. But this is what you ought to do as a young person that God wants to use. As a young person that God has called into the ministry, be an example of a believer. Be an example to the believers. Let your character show that you are a true born-again Christian. Let your character be an example and ministry to the believers. And then he says, in word. That means, young person, you need to know the word of God. You need to know the word of God. Don't say you are young. God expects that you will have the word of God in your mouth. That is why young women, when you are in school, you need to read the Bible. God is expecting that the Bible will be in your mouth. God is expecting that the word of God will be in you. Don't say, because I am young, I have too much schoolwork, I have too much that, and I have too much, so I don't have time for my quiet time. God is expecting that you will have the word in your mouth. Am I speaking to somebody? And then he says, in conversation, he says, be thou an example also in conversation. That means young people, you have to have respect. You have to have respect. You have to let the, 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 the glory of God emanate from you, even in your conversation. That means certain words should not come from you. Certain type of words should not come from you. Even though they are coming from your classmates, even though they are coming from your colleagues, you, as a person that God wants to use, certain type of words should not come from you. It should not come from your text messages. It should not come from your email. It should not come from your, your Facebook. Certain type of conversation. Now, conversation is any form of conversation. Your conversation in pictures. Certain pictures should not come from you. Hallelujah. Now, certain conversations should not come from you. Conversation is not a one-way type of talking. When you are having a conversation, it means you are dialoguing. You are talking with somebody. That means that there are certain people, you should not have conversation with them. And God is watching that. God is looking at that. As a young person. 
So if somebody defies you in his way of conversation or in her way of conversation, as a young person that you are a born-again Christian, a believer who is an example to the believers, certain people you should not have conversation with. I say certain people you should not have conversation with. Certain people, if this is how they talk, if this is how they send email, if this is how they talk, they should not be your friends. Cut them off your life. Cut them off your life because they are not bringing any blessing into your life. The blessings of God, they will come into your life when you fulfill his words. When you fulfill his expectations of you. Amen. Don't say, oh, they are the ones that talk like that. I don't talk like that. You are in conversation with them. Am I speaking to some young person here? In charity, that means that you should have love. Love. Young people should have love. You love yourselves too much. Everything should be about you. Everything is about you. But you should have love for others. Amen. Am I speaking to some young people here? Now, I'm not talking about the love that you know. I'm talking about the love that God is talking about. You are a young man. When you came to church, the pastor said we should love. So you are loving all the girls in your class. That's not the type that I'm talking about. And in faith, you should have faith. God likes that faith. God likes that young people, they are, they are not afraid to try things. They are not afraid to jump into things. God is expecting that you have faith. You will not be afraid. And impurity. Hallelujah. God expects young people to stay pure. To stay pure. Keep yourself pure. It is not old-fashioned to keep yourself pure. I say it is not old-fashioned. Am I speaking to some young people in the church? It is not old-fashioned to keep yourself pure. There is nowhere that is written that a certain age you should have had sex before. It's not written anywhere. And anything that is not written in the Bible is not something that you should do. Amen. Amen. If your classmates, you can have 10 of your classmates and they all have boyfriends and they've all slept with men before or they have all slept with women before, minus you because you are a child of God. You are a child of God. I say you are a child of God. And the Bible says your body is a temple of the living God. God cannot dwell in a temple that is constantly defiling his spirit. God cannot dwell in a temple like that. Amen. Young, young woman, young man, young woman, when certain comments are being made about your body, don't attract it. Don't attract it. It's the temple of God. If God, somebody is going to say something about you, it must be somebody that you have now married. Amen. And, and for that matter also, nobody should have the ability to touch you anywhere. Anywhere. It does not make you, it does not make you more beautiful. That word coming from a man's mouth to say that, wow, it does not make you any more beautiful than you are. God made you so beautifully. I say God made you so uniquely. You are a unique man. You are a unique young woman. And God's approval of you is enough. And you don't need any man's approval. 
Hallelujah. Am I speaking to some young people? God likes young people. God wants to use young people for his ministry. Amen. Any man that tells you that I have to, I have to sleep with you before I will marry you is a liar. I say it's a liar. Any man that tells you that is a liar and he's never prepared to marry you. And the moment you do that, the moment you give in to that, you have lost trust from that man totally. Because the moment that he's acting, he's acting out of lust. And the moment that you give in to that man, you have lost total trust. And you tell him that you are a Christian, he will never trust you. He will never believe you. He will never believe you. And he knows that even when you were, even when you said you were a Christian, you could do this with me, means that you can do it with anyone. It means you can do it with anyone and he will not have any trust in you. Oh, believe me, I'm telling you. He will not have any trust in you. Especially if you call yourself a born-again Christian today and he's able to sleep with you. Look, our time is up and I cannot go any further. I have to continue next time that we meet. I keep my word. Wonderful. Stand onto your feet and...